Moses, 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 come on up. Moses was all about the glory of God. Moses understood. There came a point in his life where Moses understood one moment in the glory of God was far, far more important than anything else man could do, anyone could do. One moment in the glory changes you. One moment in God's glory causes you to be an on fire, fiery one of the Lord. Amen. But I want to tell you something, and this is from Exodus chapter, chapter 2. There's so many things that the Lord is just in my spirit about this, about this story. But I want to tell you something. Fear will take you out of places that God asked you to remain in. Fear will take you out of places that God asked you to remain in. When Moses feared, he fled. When Moses feared, he fled. Fear took him out. But obedience brought him back in. Are we all flowing? Are we all understanding? Fear took him out. But obedience brought him back in. Back in to finish his assignment. Finish your assignment. So I'm going to finish my assignment. Exodus chapter 2. Look at verse 14. This is when there was fear that came upon Moses. He says, then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? And so Moses feared. And he said, surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh had heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now to put this into context... We know that Moses was born. We know that he was born. And you know, I looked up the name and the meaning of the names of his biological mother and his biological father. And I looked up the names and the name of his mother, Jochebed, which means Jehovah is glory. The name of his mother. The name of his father, Amram, is exalted people exalted people but yet you and I both know that when this boy and many and all the rest male children of that time when they were born there was a death sentence over them there was a death sentence over them and that the Pharaoh had said to kill all of the male babies and for the midwives that did not do that Pharaoh came back and told their court and said drown them then drown them then they didn't kill them so he says drown them and you that know the story know that Moses's mother saw that he was a beautiful child and said, no, I will make a way for this boy to live. God has also made a way for you to live. And so he put, they put him in a basket. And we know that this is how he ended up in Egypt. We know that Moses ended up in Egypt and he was raised in Egypt. In their customs, he was raised in their customs, in their education system. He was raised by these people and they named him Moses, which means drawn out. The name Moses means to draw out because he was drawn out of the water. 
Moses was a prophet. Now, he didn't know that as a child, but he was a prophet and he was a deliverer. But the assignment of God on Moses' life doesn't change the fact that this is who he was, even when he did not recognize it, even when he was in a foreign land, even when he was called by a different mother, a different father, even when there were other people that were trying to influence him. When you have been called by God, I don't care who is trying to influence you, you know who you are. Stand your ground and finish your assignment. Moses stood his ground and he finished his assignment, but not without a lot of circumstances. So there was a lot of circumstances. But I found this really interesting because here Moses was raised 40 years in Egypt. And here he knew who he was. Read with me in verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days that when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and he looked at their burdens. He was raised in the Egyptians' court, but he looked at his brethren, for he knew who he was. Deep down inside, you know you belong to the king. Deep down, in, down inside, I don't care what's happened to you, you know you've been marked out. The enemy wants to slam you with guilt and shame and manipulation. But deep down inside, you know that you have a call. You know that you've already been appointed by the king. Moses knew. He knew that his heart was for his brethren. Not the Egyptians, but his brethren. Look at what it says in verse 11. Moses was grown and he went to his brethren and he looked at their burdens and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. This is Exodus, four, this is Exodus 2, verse 11. Exodus 2, verse 11. And so he looked this way and he looked that way and he saw no one was there and that's when he killed the Egyptian. And he, not, he didn't just kill him, but he buried him in the sand. So Moses, you know, he's like, you know, he was a man. He wanted justice to be done. He saw an injustice happening, and he says, oh, no, 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 not on my watch. I have lived 40 years in this place. No, 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 not on my watch. And so he sees this brethren that is being, you know, hurt, and, and he says, okay, I'm going to kill that Egyptian. He kills him, and he buries him, trying to cover up his sin, but yet God still used him. He was a murderer, and he was... And you would consider that what? A liar too? Covering up his, his tracks, trying to cover it up, deceitful. But God still had a call. And God still had a plan. And God still was willing to use this man for what this man carried still was not yet discovered from him. He didn't know yet, but God knew. And God knows. He knows who he's put inside of you, what he's put inside of you. He knows who you are more than you do, more than we do. We may have a glimpse, but God knows the full story. And so here I see that he, he kills him, he buries him, and he wins out the second day, and there's two Hebrews fighting, and he says to the one who did this wrong, why are you striking your companion? He's like, what are you doing? You guys are brethren. Why are you guys beating up your own? And he says, who, look, they, they, they turn, they turn. They said, who are you? And who made you a judge over us? Come on, even the world can see the calling on your life, even when you don't see it. Come on, who said he was the judge? Who said, no one said that yet, but yet his own brethren looking at his life saying, who made you the judge? Oh, you better believe he became like a judge. He became one that was, as a ruler of the people. 
You, you mean to tell me that's not like a judge, a ruler of the people, a deliverer of the people, a prophet that's going to speak the word of God, and yes, we'll bring judgment to those that don't listen? You better believe it. Who's following? Who's, who's, you ain't understanding what, what I'm saying. So this man says, who made you the judge? You always know, if you don't know your calling, just look, into your, look at your accusers and, and look at the opposers and, and look at what they're calling you, the names. And who made you? Why do you? Who do you think you are? So thank you very much for the heads up. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let me run to the throne room of God. Fuel for your fire. Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptians? The Egyptian? And so Moses, look at this is where he went wrong, guys. This is where he went wrong. Moses feared. He feared at that moment. He feared. When we allow man to instill a spirit of fear, that's the very moment that the enemy is going to try to rob from you. If he can't get you to feel bad or down because of a word that's being spoken, there's a spirit that ends up being released. And that was a spirit of fear. So all of a sudden, this man that was raised up, trained up to be in the courts of Pharaoh, mighty, high, high, knowledgeable, powerful, is now afraid because he knows what he did. He murdered somebody, right? Look at the very next verse. When Pharaoh heard, he says, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled. Fear causes you to flee. When you are fearful, if you take the bait, fear causes you to flee. And look at what happened. Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat by the well. I looked up the word Midian. The word Midian means, con means strife and contention. Not a good place. Yes, he met his wife there. Yes, he had children there. But he was not in the place where God's will was for him. Let me tell you something. God allowed the affairs of his life for him to be put into a place of, in Egypt, into, into a place of, of, of rulership, into a place of influence, because there were a group of people that God was going to deliver called the Israelites. They started out as 70, and they grew to an astronomical number. But God had positioned his man there, raised up, second in command. And because of fear, he fled. Why did he flee? I see a spirit of fear. Could there be more reasons? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Bible doesn't clearly say. We do know this one thing. We do know this one thing. He was a man, human. He had, a, he had feelings like we do. He made decisions. They were not all of God. God still uses him. God still used him. Right or wrong, perfect or imperfect. God still used him because God saw the heart. And he always sees the heart. You're not going to make perfect decisions. We try. But it's not going to happen. But we do know this. That we can become more and more. We can walk in holiness. We can walk in perfection as we seek him. As he helps us. But see, so Moses... He flees, and now he's 40 years in a land of strife and contention. 40 years in Midian. As a matter of fact, he has his firstborn son, and his firstborn son names him Gershom. And he names him Gershom because names have meanings, right? And so his name Gershom means driven out 
or thrust out. Moses was driven out. He was thrust out of Egypt. He names his son, his firstborn son, thrust out, driven out. It also means sojourner, which means a temporary place of residence. Even Moses knew, I'm here in Midian now, but this is a temporary place of residence for the call of God in my life, even though I'm not 100% sure, but I know that I know something is stirring, something is happening. Even before I knew that I was called to be in the ministry, in, in, a, in, a, in an office, that is, as a five-fold minister, even before, I knew that I knew that I knew God had a call of ministry on my life. We left our home and all of our family in Arizona because God said, I want you to go to California. I'm doing a new thing, a new generation. I didn't know what it was, but I did know it's something that God was only could do if he put us out, took us out, put us in a place that's different, that's new, outside of the influences that were there, right? But then there came a point in time where, you know, what was I doing? What was Moses doing? Moses do, was doing what he needed to do, being raised up, raised up in the court of Pharaoh, doing what was at hand, learning what was there. He was just being raised up in that court, right? God was putting things in him that he was going to need for a later time. What was I doing? Letting God raise me up, putting things in that I was going to need for a later time. What is he doing for you? He's raising you up. He's putting things in you that you're going to need for a later time. So for Moses, he was there. He was there for 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in Midian. Even though you go strife and contention, yes, because although maybe externally it seemed like a place of peace. Come on, he got married. He had two children. The second child, by the way, Ephraim, means God is my help. Moses learned that in the place of being a sojourner, of being driven out, when you look to the living God, God is your help. And the second half of Moses' life was actually a picture of what God can do with a yielded individual. How many of you would say the second part of my life is a life that represents what God can do with the yielded individual? God is my help. God is my help. So while he was in Midian, those 40 years, I think of us, I was thinking about this and I thought, Lord, just like you put that, that in me where I knew you were doing something, God was putting that yes in Moses too, that there is more. Strife and tension internally, even though it looked like peace externally. How many of you can say, oh, I know what she's talking about. It seems peaceful externally, but inside there's a stirring, there's a strife and a contention, and I don't know what it is. Don't move yourself out of a place until God says it is time because we sometimes can tend to move out quickly too quickly and God says I wasn't done I wanted to let you I wanted to have you go out with the riches I wanted to give you the silver and the gold I wanted to give you I wanted to entrust you with a whole lot more but you left too soon you're not equipped go back you're not equipped go back do you know that when Moses went to the burning bush first of all he's 80 years old 80 years old. Now, I know they lived a whole lot longer, but he's 80 years old, old guys. But he received his instruction for ministry at that burning bush. God said what? Go back. Go back to Egypt. I know you were raised there. I know you ran from there. I know that you were afraid and your fear led you to flee. But in my grace, I let you, I let you grow up a little bit in Midian. 
I know you had that strife and contention in your spirit, man, because you knew what you did and it tormented you day and night. God forgave you, but you had to go through that process of trusting God in the midst of difficulty, of which Moses did too. Just because it's not written doesn't mean it didn't happen. You have to understand these people had feelings. This is a real life accounts. And at the right time, he said, come. He starts speaking to him out of that bush. And we talked about this last week. He starts speaking to him out of the bush that didn't burn up. But he says, come, take your sandals off. The place you're standing is holy ground. He said, go back. But Lord, why are you choosing me? Why me? Give it. My brother Aaron, he can speak so eloquently. Why me? Let's see, Moses. You were trained in the courts of Pharaoh. Let's see, Moses, you were raised in all those years with the best of the best. You had the best training, and you're trying to argue with God? But even if he wasn't raised and trained in the best of the best, do you not believe that the anointing on your life when God says go is going to equip you far greater than any natural training you could have? It's the anointing on your life. It's the anointing on your life that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing on your life. It breaks the yoke not just off of your life, but off of everyone God has called you to minister to. Moses was a man of God called to minister to people that came, but he understood something. I first must be in the presence of the king moment by moment he had encounter after encounter after encounter i was counting some five radical glory encounters like i mean like intense with the lord this was just this first one this burning bush experience hallelujah hallelujah i'm going to just give you a few scriptures here why don't you turn to exodus 18 4 I want you to see where I got, where, where the, you know, the sons that he had. Because see here, in, in Exodus 2, it only, names, it only names his firstborn, Gershom. But if you turn to 18.4, may have it up. And the name of the other was Eliezer. For he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And when you go and you back up a little bit, you see that he's talking about Moses. You can write that down. I want you to go now to Exodus 4.20. And write these down because I want you to go home and look them up. Exodus 4.20. And then Moses took his wife and his two sons and set them out on a donkey. And he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. What happened before he returned to the land of Egypt? He already had his two children. He was already married. And God said, go. You have to fulfill the assignment. I already raised you up. I didn't let you stay in those years. I didn't, I didn't let you be raised in those years of 40 years for nothing. It's not going to be wasted. Do you know that God will use everything that you go through? Every experience, every lesson, every trial, every difficulty, every heartache... God will use it all if you let him. The thing is, is are you going to let him? Turn to Acts chapter 7. Because see, the story that we read in, in Exodus is also in Acts chapter 7. And I'm going to start in verse 29. Because it says here, then at this saying, Moses fled, and he became a dweller in the land of Midian. Remember, what is Midian? Strife and contention and judgment. 
where he had his two sons. See, in the book of Exodus, it only mentions the one son. But here in Acts, you can see he had his two sons in Midian. Why is this important? It's important for us to know that the birthings that God gives us, even in the land where you think you are in between, the birthings in the in-between, God says are very significant. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to name one from where you came from and one from where you are going. God is going to use everything. He named one as 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 thrust out, marking out your early years. And he named the other as, you will now be one that trusts God from God is my help. God is my help. Everything that happened to him, even in the in-between, signified God's launching. And it's important that we see it. It's important that you say, Spirit of the living God, for everything that I am going through, everything that you have allowed in my life, I say, Lord, Lord, have your way in me that I would preach, that I would know, that I would receive, and that I could release everything. I don't want not one moment to go unnoticed. Not one moment. Do you know that you can notice every moment in, this, in the kingdom? Good, bad, indifferent, it all counts. It all matters. Every single thing. When we can learn, when we can learn to count it all joy, when we can learn to rejoice in no matter what's going on and to praise him, when we can learn to say, Lord, what are you going to do? How are you going to turn this around? I'm, I'm going to see you move. I'm going to step back and see you move. I thank you that what I learned in Midian, I'm going to take when you call me to be the deliverer, when you call me to go forth and be preaching the word of God and you're called. Every one of you are called. Let's look. Let me, let me read here Acts 7. I want to actually back up. Let's back up to verse 23. Nope, let's go to verse 22. <laughs> it says, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of Egypt, and he was mighty in words and deeds. Say he was mighty. Moses was mighty. Means he was strong. Means he was powerful. Means he was a man of influence. Right? And then he says, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart. Somebody underline that. It came into his heart. When God comes into the heart of your loved ones, that is when they come and make Jesus their Lord and their Savior. When he comes into their heart, when he came into Moses' heart, when he came into their heart, when it comes. When the Spirit of the living God starts to flow, when the Spirit of the living God starts to pull you on you, when the Spirit of the living God says, now is the time, you know it. It could seem like a moment, though you waited for 80 years. He waited 40 at this point. So when he was, he was 40 years old, he came into his heart. It came into his heart. Say, Father, let it come into my heart. Let it come into my children's heart. Let it come into our heart. He says, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Why? Because Moses had an encounter with the burning bush. And that encounter came into his heart. It changed. It changed the landscape of his life. One encounter changes the landscape of your life. And so seeing one of them suffering wrong, he, wrong, he defended and he avenged him. We're just rereading what I just read in Exodus. It's just from a different, a different passage. He says, he sees one of them suffering wrong and defending and avenging him who was oppressed. And he struck down the Egyptian for he supposed that his brethren would have understood. He thought his brethren were going to understand that God would deliver them by his hand. At this point, Moses was getting an understanding. Hey, something's up here. I think God's going to use me for something. God does that to us. He gives us that, that insight. 
that preparation. We call it preparation, right? That preparation, God's up to something. Well, although Moses didn't know 100%, there was something inside, there was an understanding that was starting to be revealed because it came into his heart. And he says, he supposed that his brethren would have understood what he did, that he would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. Don't think just because you are starting to get a glimpse of what you're called to do that everybody else is going to understand. As a matter of fact, they don't, and they try to put you back in that box. They try to put you back. They try to remind you of who you were. They try to remind you of who they think you still are. Don't let them. Don't let them. Hallelujah. Glory be unto the King of Kings. Don't let them. Don't let them. You got to remember who you are and say, well, let me say, you may not know, but let me introduce you to the new me. You may not know, but let me introduce you to the spirit of the living God that's flowing through a yielded vessel that's ignited with fire. <laughs> Holy Ghost fire. Now, I'm serious. I'm totally serious right now. Because too many times, I mean, they do it. Every single one of us can have one. If I gave the mic to you, would all know of a story personal personal your own story right of people trying to put you back squish you down just you know kick you just just lie 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 can't accept you ignore you look the other way think you're cuckoo think you're nuts dismiss you all that kind of thing oh yeah uh-huh okay right uh-huh sure okay okay next don't let them steal your fire for the fire of god in you is burning bright because let me tell you, when they start seeing the reports, so-and-so got healed, so-and-so got delivered, so-and-so is being transformed. Did you know so-and-so got saved? When they start hearing the reports, they, that's when they go, whoa, what's happening over there? What's happening? Oh, something's happening over there. It's been happening. You just didn't have eyes to see it. Just didn't have eyes to see it. Moses was called. People around him didn't know. Didn't understand. Maybe some had a glimpse. But Moses started to understand. There's something happening here. Something is changing here. And I'm going to answer the call of God, even though I'm afraid. Even though I'm suggesting other people, Lord. Use Aaron. He can speak really well. I'm suggesting. Because fear will always try to disqualify you from a position of God's purpose. Cass said something there. Fear will always try to disqualify you from a position of God's purpose. Do you understand? Say it over yourself. Fear will always try to disqualify me from a position of purpose. You have purpose in your life. Every one of you have purpose. Fear tries to disqualify you. Fear was trying to disqualify Moses, but God wouldn't let it. I love that we serve a God that says, yeah, that's all, that's all great. And that's no, no worries, but come anyway, come anyway. Yeah, I heard your whole list of complaints, Moses. I heard your whole list. I saw what you did, Moses, but it's under the blood. Come anyway. There's a call of God on your life. God knew that Moses would answer that call, that he had, he was a man, one of the most humblest man of all time. And he says, I know what I put in you. Remember, it came into your heart. It doesn't just poof come into your heart unless the Holy Spirit draws us. That we, we do not come, right? So the Holy Spirit put it in his heart, and he knew something's about ready to break open. Hallelujah. And I'm going to stop the story right there because I feel like we're going to just be in the book of Exodus and just learning about this man, this prophet, 
this deliverer that was an, had an assignment of God to do great, mighty miracles, and he did. But remember, God says, I am using you because you're ambassadors for Christ. You're anointed and appointed once you stand up to your feet right now. And I want you to receive this in your spirit, man. I'm an ambassador. Say it over yourself. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. Fear has no place in my life. I'm filled with Holy Ghost power. Dunamis power. I walk in resurrection power. Lord, send me. Lord, do what you will in my life. I'm not going to kick against the goads like Saul. Yeah, I'm not going to disqualify myself like Moses. I'm not going to come up with a thousand excuses like Gideon. I'm not going to hide when God says come out and do what I've called you. I'm not going to hide. Come on, in the name of Jesus, you are called and appointed by God and you're being filled up right now with greater glory, a greater measure of increase over your life, the faith of God that's rising and stirring up on the inside of you right now. You're a giant killer. You're a giant killer. You're going to kill the giants. You're slaying them with the sword of the Lord. Your words carry power. God has put words in your mouth and those are kingdom words. God is in your mouth. God is in your mouth. His words are in your mouth. And when when you let them out is when change happens. Wow. When you let the word of God out is when change happens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Father, we thank you. Give God the glory. Somebody give him the praise. Somebody give him the glory. We give you glory. We glorify the name of King Jesus. King Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You may be seated.